Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Walking in the Spirit. What is this? The key verses, Romans 8, 1 and 4, Galatians 5, 16, and Galatians 5, 25. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Romans 8, 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In Galatians 5, 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. To walk is to tread all around, that is, walk at large. But it's proof of ability. Figuratively, it's to live and to follow and go and be occupied with. To walk in the Spirit means simply to walk as God walked on this earth, to live as He did by spiritual principles put into place for our benefit. God wants to bless us. He gave His life through His Son to make a way possible for us to avoid the eternal consequences of condemnation by sin, but he also wants to spare us as much as possible in this life from all the hurt and pain and heartbreak that our old natures, they tend to lead us into a self-destructive lifestyle. Even for Christians, we have to resist the pull of our old nature because that nature is corrupted with sin. And although Walking in the Spirit is simple to describe. It's walking or living as Jesus lived, and it's arguably arguably the most difficult effort any spiritually-minded Christian will undertake. Is this why so many Christians live nominal lives far below the abundant life promised by Jesus in John 10.10? In this verse, Jesus tells us, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That is Satan. Then he goes on to say, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And he's talking about us as Christians. The devotion focus is the abundant life Jesus promised in 1010. What does it mean for us? But first off, it's not having plenty of money or food or good health, though many Christians have these. But consider for a moment all the Christians that are going cold, they are cold and hungry and sick, or they're in prison for their beliefs. And about Christians in prison for their beliefs, this usually means they walk in the Spirit and are faithful to their beliefs and they ran afoul of their governments. And to walk in the Spirit is evidence of having the fruit of the Spirit in your life of which the last several episodes examined. And it doesn't mean exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit perfectly, even constantly, even though this is our goal. But let me ask you something, Christian. Is it your mindset? As my dear brothers and sisters in the faith, I hope to encourage you to understand my intent here about walking in the ways of God is for your blessing. And my hope is that you go deeper into your your relationship with the Son of God and to do this by living His life here on earth. 
In 1 Corinthians 6.19, Paul writes concerning this relationship. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Now think of how much God must love us to put his own spirit within us and then call us his temple. This means he lives here within our spirits. Can any relationship be deeper than this? And what else can I say about walking in the spirit so that the blessing is emphasized? That of spending each day with a conscious awareness of God? Well, let's examine a life lived on a path without God. This kind of life is called living in or for the flesh, which is Bible talk for the natural mindset of the human race apart from God. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, Paul describes this life for us. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you'll take time to slowly read through these verses and think about what each description involves, it should turn you to God with both arms and all your heart. And in summary, to walk in the Spirit is a protective measure for us as God's children. Although simple to describe as living as Jesus lived, and we have the account of his life given by firsthand witnesses in the four Gospels, it can be a most difficult undertaking. But God gives us two clear options to choose. We can walk in the Spirit and enjoy close communion through the Spirit with God's Son, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 13.14 tells us, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The other choice is to live for the flesh, the old sinful nature, and then do not inherit the kingdom of God. John 6.33 It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. And this is Jesus giving that promise. Romans 8, 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In Romans 8, 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit to the things of the spirit. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Verse 8, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The action to consider is ask Jesus to give you a desire to walk in the Spirit. This will take effort on your part. If you will read through the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 23 through 24, then write down one or two you want to work on and bring about in your life daily. My prayers are with you on this venture. Next week's devotion, 
is baptism. Is it necessary? You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.